but I mean, this has been the you know shows every night so far, yeah. and yeah, it's it's been really good. But uh, definitely did not realize that it was still winter uh, all across the country. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so you're coming from sunny Los Angeles. Coming from sunny Los Angeles, and now just getting the crap beat out of us by uh, yeah, like Toronto. They said it was 17 degrees. <laughs> And yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's it's been good, but I I think that's the main reason why I look like shit. I feel like I look like shit too. You look well rested. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this is a, this is a day off though. I mean, this is kind of like a rare. This is a rare occurrence for you yeah. guys, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, no, this is the first day off that we've had um, on tour so far. Um, well, I guess we had the one driving day. We still had to drive like nine hours that day anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I spent our day off watching House of Cards. <laughs> um, got like four episodes in and uh, then came right over here. How did you spend your day off? Uh, I got up really early, uh, stayed at my buddy's place in Bushwick last night, and he, uh, he has a, a British roommate who apparently isn't the best looking dude and has trouble with women. And as we pulled up in front of his place, um, and no, he won't. My buddy Sam came out to meet us to help load some gear in. And he's like, Oh my God, dudes, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, my, my roommate is getting lucky in his room and she's a crazy moaner. I'm so sorry. It was like three in the morning by the time we finally got back from the venue of our show at Webster last night. So until like six in the morning, these two people are murdering each other in the other room. And me and my tour manager, our tour manager, are on the pullout futon just hearing like, just the most uh, like God awful noises. So I didn't sleep last night. The preface of him not being very good looking is that like we left him alone because he probably doesn't get this opportunity. The the preface was that like out of one in a million days that this dude has existed, he's getting lucky on the night that we're trying to sleep. So, I've been kind of wrecked all day. So, not, so you guys have been in here for like a full day, didn't do anything at all in the city. I mean, slept as much as possible. I just walked over here from Webster because yeah. I left my card at the venue last night. So I stopped by there and walked down Broadway. Blocks. Yeah, it was a, it yeah. was one hell of a walk. Saw a lot of Spider Mans, a lot of Minions, Spider Men, um, Spider Men. <laughs> yes, my hit Spider Mans. Oh, so yeah. you walked, you walked right through Times Square. Yeah, it yeah. was my first time too. Oh, which is it's a trip. Yeah. yeah, especially since I'm dreadfully hungover and uh, definitely malnourished at this point, even just a week in. So you like, you, you, is this the long, is this going to be the lo- band's longest tour at the end? Or? Uh, no, I mean, we've been on two, um, two like national tours yeah. before and um, yeah, each one was uh, about 30 days. Okay. Yeah, so, um, no, it's not the first time, but it, it definitely feels intense this it's, time around. It feels more proper this yeah. time around for yeah. us because we're touring with a band that we actually really like. And, uh, I mean, we've liked all the bands that yeah. we've toured with. <laughs> a band that you'd heard of prior to heard playing of with. prior and uh, didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. So yeah. after the first night, it felt really nice. Like, it, um, the whole vibe of the show goes well. Uh, it, it, all the transitions are really smooth. All the yeah. acts on this tour are really fucking awesome. But this is like 
shit's coming together in a, in a like a, a crazy way over the past yeah. what, the past year or so it seems yeah, like yeah it feels like uh, slow burn traction has kind of been our game but um, things are really clicking and yeah. I don't it feel it still feels really weird to me does it feel weird to you does what feel weird things clicking <laughs> being um, successful to some degree. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think that we've become a much better band yep. in the last like you know six months, even. Um, and I think that like all the work that we've been putting in, like I I don't know about for you, but it feels much better when we go on stage now than it did five months ago, six months ago. Um, and so, like, for me, because it feels so much better just when we're playing, like, I think the response being better makes a lot more, like, it, yeah. it feels like, yes, more people should like us now. But, su- but success is, is weird, though, because it's, it's it, I mean, the way it snowballs, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not you, 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 don't, you don't get it evenly stretched out over time. It's yeah. like one, once one thing hits everything else falls in line well, no i mean it was it was pretty nuts like at the start of the year we were trying to like put out an lp by the end of the year and we were figuring out sort of what our game plan was going to be mm-hmm. for the rest of the year and then in a matter of like two days we we got coachella and then we got south by southwest and then we got a booking agent and then like our manager had a bunch of facebook messages saying like hey check your voicemail or hey check your inbox i can't remember what it was but like all these different people were hitting them up like hey you gotta you gotta call this guy back right away and they were all trying to get him in touch with paul Tillette, who's the head of golden voice um because i guess he wanted like he was offering us a spot and uh, yeah, had no real way of getting in touch with our manager, and so eventually they got in touch with each other, and yeah, he invited us to come do it, and it was just totally out of the blue. Like, yeah. had no expectation of it. Have Didn't you been able to backtrack and figure out how that how that happened? A little bit, like um, it feels like there are definitely avenues or like dots that have po- possible possible. Yeah, yeah, like um, you know we've. Uh, we've got a pretty good following in LA and like have you know some some blogs that are like big supporters of us and um, some radio people that are big supporters of us in LA and venues and things like that Mm. and promoters and as far as we can tell um, when the Golden Voice was reaching out to people trying to find like who are your top local bands that Mm. we could possibly have on um we were one of the bands listed by a bunch of people and he went through and listened to all the bands and liked us the most and yeah gave us a shot so it's 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 crazy though like you know that the um the list comes out with all the band names and you're looking at it and it's like it's like an eye chart but there you are yeah there you are at the bottom of it so this is sort of like I mean, so so South by is in like a couple weeks, so like a week or two. Yeah, and that so this is you're kind of getting your chops together at this point. Is yeah, that what it feels yeah, like? no, the tour just sort of worked out perfectly, where like yeah. we you know have three weeks of like really getting everything dialed in and getting everything really you know tour ready, getting it tour tight, and 
Um, so yeah, we'll have South by and then a couple of weeks to like tweak stuff and then Coachella in April. How, how, how much music do you have at this point? Like how long of a set can you feasibly cobble together? Um, I mean, while, while we feel like our, our EP is really the only thing sure. that we've put out. I mean, that's we've, what, like 20, 30 minutes. This is about 20, 30 minutes, <laughs> but, um, I mean, we've, you know, we, we've done our sets. We've done plenty of our sets yeah. and like, We've we've got a full length album that I mean I guess half of the songs in the set just aren't released. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, you know we've got songs off of our first album that we do as well. And um, so yeah, I think of released material we probably have like a fifteen minute power set. <laughs> That's the goal, sure. is 15 minutes. But it's a yeah. set so nice you want to hear it twice, right? Yeah. 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 Never give them too much. Um, so, so the album is, uh, is the album recorded at this point? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the um, album would be a combination of two EPs. I see. Yeah. Which we would like to release as a full length because yeah. when you put the track listing together, it's solid. You know, it's yeah. Solid I mean, we, we recorded it as a full length album and... Oh, so so EP one is the yeah. first of oh, okay. Yeah, and we we wanted to put it out as a full length album, yeah. but we it had been so long since we released anything, and we just wanted to get something out there. We didn't want to self release a whole album and just have it fall by the wayside and have no one pay attention. So, yeah, we put out an EP, and now we're hoping to get a label on board to help us put out a full length of, of everything we did with Brendan, which is about a dozen songs. Calling it EP one is like you're sort of like like reintroducing yourself to the world. Right? Yeah, because yeah. I mean there were there were releases before that. Yeah, we uh, we released a full length called Electric Ahab that mm-hmm. was ten songs that um, we were originally a two piece, yeah. just uh, myself and our drummer Chris, who should be here any minute. Um, yeah, we uh, recorded at this awesome studio in San Francisco. Uh, recorded it direct to tape, and um, was that. Was that Vanderslice's studio? Is it? No, it no. It uh, it was actually a studio that has since burned down. Oh, called good. Center of the Mile. Uh-huh. That our friend ran out of his house. Yeah. He had this like awesome house in the Mission, um, and he had this like weird basementy area yeah. where. Um, yeah, he had like a great studio setup. House. It was yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's. He runs sound at a bunch of different places. He now has a new studio since the place burned sure. down. Um, sure. But he uh, he's the drummer in the band Film School. Okay. If you know Film School, yeah. Donnie Newenhouse. Um, yeah, and he was, you know, like a big supporter, like really made us believe that we could go ahead and start yeah. making music. How, how, how serious, I mean... So, so this is this is prior this is pre you or this is pre drummer pre pre you pre Alex yeah pre bass player pre bass player how serious of a band were you at that point was it was it just sort of like a fun thing to do on the side or um I mean I think we kind of had I don't know I mean. It, I was going to say we had high hopes, but sure. I'd, we'd, I mean, I don't think our expectation was anything yeah. that grandiose at the time. We, like our, my goal initially with it, and I think 
Chris, our drummer, would probably agree, was just to get to play all of the venues that we like love going to yeah. in L.A. and San Francisco, um, getting to play at those places, and hopefully getting to play with some of the bands that we really like. That would, yeah, like, if you had told, there's, I live across the street from this venue called The Echo in L.A., and if you had told me at the beginning that we would get to play The Echo and The Echo Plex, that you'd be we fine, you'd be good. That's that would it. be, yeah, I'd yeah. be like, this We've is a totally we can disband. venture, yeah. like, let's, let's do it, yeah, and... Um, you know, we got to do that on like our second show ever was yeah. like oh, at wow. the Echo. It's yeah. a roller coaster. Yeah. Something great happens, and you're like, "Oh my God, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life." And then it's like six months of a lull, and you're like, "Oh my God, what am I doing with my life?" Why okay, so doing this? what is that first point where where you're like, "All right, we're we're successful now. We're fine. We're good to go." It's just like a shot in the arm. I think you know Devlin has said that quite a bit over over interviews and whatnot it's like all these things are just huge shots in the arm mm -hmm. like Coachella and then yeah. South by and then the Le Butcherettes tour like leading up to South by like that's what makes you feel like oh shit I could spend the next 10 years on the road if we can continue to do this you know is that is that where you guys are are at now I mean you guys I, feel like I feel that this way. is it I, I don't know how do you feel Dublin um I mean I think we've got a little more to go before like I put, put out another full-length album. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe one <laughs> official yeah. full-length album. Yeah, would be would be a good good place to start. No, I, I mean, I feel like we've got a ways to go. I haven't been working for the last year. You quit your day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you know, I've taken I've I've had to take some little side gigs and things um, in in the last few months, but I I think that you know it once we can get to a place or hopefully one day we can get to a place where none of us have to have sure. day jobs and we can um you know make enough money to sustain each of our tours and pay for our apartments back home or whatever um i mean it's I, that again like be, it's, you're kind of lucky that you're able to even have this, these thoughts at this point in the game yeah it's, no absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean it's um you know, it's a dream to just be able to go out on the road and to, like, this tour has, it's been pretty amazing. Every city we've gone to, there have been, you know, at least a couple hundred people at every show. And uh, this show in Chicago sold out. <laughs> and, like, um, you know, we've been out on tour before where we're playing to, I, I mean, in St. Louis, yeah. we we played uh, a few years ago in St. Louis. We played a show to three people, and I think that was including the sound guy. Yeah. And Are you able to say that you're honestly that you honestly put on as good of a show when it's just the three people there? I uh, fuck no, no, it's <laughs> okay. impossible. Yeah, yeah. It is impossible. Yeah. Like, like, to, like what? I mean, are, are you like you just? It's just kind of like fuck it or what at that point? When it's um, I mean, you have to. I think we always look at each other beforehand when it's something like that keep, and keep go talking. like, I'm gonna maneuver. We go, um, okay, it's just a practice. Yeah, it's just a practice. We get to practice on a. A stage, it's gonna be fine, um, and then really we just go. It's really nerve-wracking playing to three people. It's like, ner it's nerve-wracking playing so to much, three people. Well, at least I feel that way. Like yeah. it's much better when the crowds are, you know, at least thick enough to like have some energy and a yeah. few people dancing. Like it's so much better. You're playing to three people, and like 
maybe like for me because I'm a little neurotic like that's when I have those meltdowns like oh my god what am I doing or like what are we doing you know and you kind of just you lose yourself in like a weird head it's like existentially nerve-wracking yeah it's not yeah no like it's it's much harder to play to three people than it is to play to like 300 people like it's much more comfortable when there are a lot of people there and you can see that there's some sort of response and like It's, it's easier yeah. when people enjoy what yeah. you're putting out I mean, in the world. Yeah, I mean, but like you would, you would think that I don't know. I guess maybe you wouldn't. But I had always thought that, like you know, when people get nervous in front of big crowds, that it's like, um, it's because of all of the people there. That sure. like you'd be more scared in front yeah. of fifty thousand people or something than like throwing out a first pitch. Yep. But have you had like momentary breakups of like? All right, well, this isn't working. Like, it's time to figure something else out. There are two people in the audience. Times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about I to say the first three years when it was just oh, okay. me in Dublin. Yeah. That happened a lot more often. Alex came in when we were a little established, so it was a little sure. easier. His transition was way easier than Dublin and I starting off playing to no one for two years straight. Yeah. Thank Bass you. players, man, just waltzing in when things are good. Gotta wait till the, the <laughs> oven's gotta be hot. Yeah. Throw in that yeast. Uh, I don't know what that means, but um. is is that a phrase? I, it is. Yeah. Did you just? It is now. Just, yeah. It's God a bass player. Oven's thing. gotta be yeah. hot. Throw, throw in that, in that yeah. yeast. It's a bass player thing. You want to understand? All right. It's a Passover. It's yeah. A Passover <laughs> thing, yeah. Uh, that's Chad, by the way, who's playing guitar with us How's on tour. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so you're a, a four piece now? Is that is yeah, that official? Yeah, live live shows. Okay. We're we're going we're going four. Well, I want to. I kind of want to know what it's like being the uh, the kind of only sort of like sometime live guy. Great. I mean, I've I've known these guys for a while. Um, before that, just in, the, in yeah for forever since yeah. I met Devlin and Chris in like 2011, and just always have followed up on them. I always thought they were cool. Um, love the music and. Last year, um, yeah, like last year, what was it, like October when I played the first show with you guys, and, and yeah, I don't know, I have a lot of fun, and it's, I'm grateful to be doing this tour, it's super fun, uh, sold out shows, and yeah. Are we, uh, are we, are, are, are we like testing him out right now? Is this like a, is this like a 30 show tryout for the, yeah. for the band? And, and I just got fired. You gave the wrong yeah. answer. At what point is it like, all right, we're, we're, we're doing this now. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of with Devlin and I, there was never a plan in place. Yeah. Like all this really came together very organically and we had never been in bands before. I'd never played a drum set before. Like we were just playing in my living room. So you'd never played a drum set? No, before? I played like snare in like middle school, but okay. then a friend gave me a free drum set and it was just like hanging out at my house for a few months. And I met Devlin at work and listened to like his acoustic songs. I'm like, Oh, those are really good. Like I have a drum set. Like we should just play. And literally in a couple of weeks I was like learning off his songs and just like playing whatever felt right and they came out and that's what's on the album like Electric Ahab our first album was like everything we came up with like first off that's how the songs became we never like we're like you should try this you should try that how many months into practicing the drums were you at the point when that album was recorded (laughs) like how experienced Uh, were you at the drums like a year not even a year no not even a year. So, and then yeah, we did the album live to two-inch tape. There was no like overdubs, nothing. It was all live. So, but a good sign if you didn't think of. I mean, he, how how bad was he? When you were pretty bad. Out? 
pretty bad. <laughs> I think it was because we were both pretty bad. Yeah. In yeah. a good way. Like, you know, people could tell we were having fun and we were really into it. And I think that's what drew people to us in the beginning. So what, what level were you at at that point? Well, I'd, I had been writing songs since I was, like, 15, yeah. and, like, I I felt, like, pretty good about, like, a number of the songs that we had, um, and I still like a lot of songs that are on the first album, but, like, as far as, like, I had never really played an electric guitar before, and, you know... Uh, you were that was, like a bedroom dude. Yeah, 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 and like had done a bunch of home recording <laughs> and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> is that right? I hope is that actually true? Were you busking at all? I'd, Did you have a busking uh, period? No, I mean, I guess a little bit in college. Uh, at, you at guys the are Starbucks, in New York. You guys have a day off in New York, and you don't. Yeah. there's no busking. Yeah, come on. What has happened? What has yeah. become of us? You've lost. You've, you've lost. You've lost your roots. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I was. I was not very. You know, like especially when it came to guitar tones and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm still. I've got a lot to learn, like, because um, I, I just didn't play electric guitar. Um, yeah, I mean, it was all just home recording stuff and writing on my own. So what so what, what happens between the, the, the first album and the first EP? Like, how long of a time period are we talking? Um, it was two years between... The first one and record and recording maybe two and a half. So you, you became you became a real band in that period. That was yeah. Your, I think yeah. I think we you know we did two like two tours on our own, pretty much self booked. We toured with two Gallants as well. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Another but, another power two piece. Yeah uh-huh. yeah um, no and they're great. I mean they that was a really fun tour to go out on, but that was only like. Seven dates or something? No. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Was it six? I'm gonna look. Let's it say. Up, let's say five. Which right. is like right. the, um, this is what happens when you're a week into tour. Yeah. But um, no. I mean, I I think that we yeah learned how to play with each other and have learned how because you've never you never played bass in a band were you i know that you say you were in bands talking to alex <laughs> our bass player but i also think that this is your first but like i i know you worked at guitar center and you had to claim okay so, so let, let's to so, be a band so guy you didn't know how to play drums you didn't know how to play the extra guitar first time playing bass. yeah first time <laughs> playing bass in a band like i have i was in a band in high school did you play like the upright bass? No, I would. I would. <laughs> uh, I was the singer for that band. We had one massive hit single that went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is like my first proper. Like I'm going to, yeah. you know, devote my time and life to this. And I mean, honestly, like speaking of organics, like it happened really organically. Like I met these two at the guitar center I was working at, which is where dreams come true. <laughs> apparently. Uh, apparently, but um, I want to actually. I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear about. I want to hear the, the like how how bands actually form through the guitar center connection. I mean, I assume it happens. It was weird. Like one day, I hated my job and I was high most of the time. I mean, I'm uh-huh. still kind of high most sure. of the time. But um, I, yeah. So 
I used to, I, I had to fuck with people to make it a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. And of course I was jaded and like, you know, it's hearing the lick, the main riff for Sweet Child of Mine mm. 15 times a day isn't cool. Um, oh yeah, LA. Yeah. yeah. But Devlin walked in one day and I totally upsold him on some cables like while like subtly making fun of his outfit. Um, and we became friends. <laughs> and then uh, I worked, I ran sound at a, uh, at a restaurant, like a jazz kind of club restaurant in Echo Park right down the street from his place and we saw each other for the second time that same day. Yeah. I went from my one job to my next job and it then was like three hours three like hours later I saw him and he was like, hey, dickhead guitar center guy. And I'm like, oh, hey, Conan and O'Brien lookalike guy. Yeah, and I believe I said, like, you charged me way too much for that cable, right? <laughs> and then I snickered, and we fell in love. <laughs> and then uh, Chris started coming around, and we all just kind of started hanging out. And, um, yeah, there was a, after Levon Helm passed, uh, there was a ramble for Levon at a local venue. And I was just hanging out with these dudes, and they asked if I wanted to play bass for the show for a couple covers. And then... And then that's when I started ruining their career uh, as we became a, a three-piece very slowly. But it was so organic. It was nice, man. Like, it wasn't a, a classifieds thing. Yeah, or a no, no, those thing. little pull tabs no, on the bulletin which, board. Which I feel really grateful for, you know? Yeah. Like, these dudes are also my best friends. Like, and, you know, it's... It's it's a it's such like a serendipitous romance yeah. novel for music folk. Like, it all started at Guitar Center. It's funny. Well, yeah, and 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 the fact that Levon Helm's death played a role in the yeah. beginning of the band is also yeah. a nice piece of mythology as well. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm wondering if you guys like really like appreciate how charmed it sounds like you are. You know, like how 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 I mean, you know, granted, like there there've been slow periods. There's always slow periods, but like the fact that it's kind of all of your first bands. Like, yeah. I mean, things, especially now, it, you know, it seems to be particularly hard to get any sort of, tr yeah, the ball yeah. rolling on anything. We, we can all feel the horseshoe wedged up our ass, <laughs> yeah. if that's what you're asking. Ooh. Yeah. No, I mean, I think people say that. <laughs> Oven's got to be hot, throw in the yeah. yeast. Uh, the the EP one rolls around and that sounds like another yeah. nice, beautiful little bit of serendipity. Yeah. Well, so what happened was we... We did some shows in Toronto for like uh, North, yeah, North by Northeast Fest. It's a great festival. It's um, you know like there, South by Southwest, yeah. Um, and yeah, we we played some shows and through mutual friends, um, we met Brendan Canning from the Bam Broken Social yeah. Scene, and we hung out with him a bit, and then he came out to a couple of our shows which were not particularly good shows and we were all feeling really bad that he was there and then I mean, he's got to have the highest standards of musicality of anybody right i mean i mean he's he is everybody in that band is a fucking genius yeah yeah like he is so very picky about yeah. stuff and like I don't know. He's also got some weird tastes on things where you just wouldn't expect okay. it. Like, like a, like a. What did you say in the van on the way to the studio? Like we were, we were. I, I wasn't in the car. Oh, uh, we a Stone Temple Pilots song came on, and I, we got into the conversation. Um, Smashing Pumpkins or Stone Temple Pilots? Okay. And I, I think that's a pretty easy question. Like Smashing Pumpkins always, but he's like. I'm going to choose STP, and, like, my heart skipped a beat a little bit. And then after that, I think it was that same day, we were in the studio, and he's like, you know, you just got to think sometimes, what would ACDC do? 
And we all kind of looked good. at each other like, what the fuck is yeah. he talking about? But, I mean, it it worked out. Like, what is the, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I guess maybe, like, simplification in, no, a, in a pure way. Yeah. Like, just kind of boiling the fat down and getting, like, a good, chunky rock riff um, as the basis of a track. And then taking it from there. I don't know. That's what it meant to me. I, I don't know how else to decipher that comment, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know if he was joking about it. Like it, I don't know. That's another thing is that he he does make a lot of jokes that you can't it's got a very tell. Dry Canadian yeah. sense of humor. Very dry yeah. Canadian sense of humor. Um, but so, so he saw so he he saw a really shitty show. Saw a shitty show. And he show. has a weird taste in music. So yeah. obviously he took to you guys. And so like uh, a few weeks later, maybe a month later. Um, we heard that he was interested in producing our, a record for us, and um, right is is that how it happened? Or we we talked to his manager. He was interested in producing bands, and he had brought well, this, it up to that's, his manager. This is the that extra weird thing, right? I mean, he totally. hasn't he hadn't produced anybody but himself at that point. Exactly, and yeah. then his manager came to us. It's like he's interested. Like, would you guys be interested? And we're like course like it's yeah. amazing to be the first band he ever produced yeah. like so good so yeah we were immediately on board like having no idea what was coming like or how we were gonna do it where we were gonna do it you know how much money he wanted you know all the things were up in the air yeah. we we're literally just like yes come to American LA American we'll dollars do or loonies pretty or much yeah. yeah how many loonies will this cost us <laughs> yeah totally so but, yeah but I feel like I feel like there's a step missing there right between him seeing you guys and then deciding that you wanted to be the first well it was probably because the show was so awful he just wanted he felt bad and wanted to help us <laughs> have, you t- have you have you just did you discuss this with him or did you just not want to like look a gift horse in the mouth and that one um I mean talk to him about it a little bit and um, I don't know I mean I remember him saying that he thought that we had raw like, potential yeah and like <laughs> who did, he, he thought, that undefinable quality he <laughs> thought there was something buddy hollyish about us oh. um and really saw some yeah like a really angry f- hyper frenetic buddy holly um yeah i i don't know that's a um, nice Oh, he said that he, he said that he oh, liked your songs. Songs, yeah. I mean that that helps yeah. too. You know, we have mutual friends. I have a good friend of mine was managing him at the time. They came to the show. He really liked the guys. And what he said to me was, previously he said, you know, he loved the the full length that they put out, Electric Ahab, and the Buddy Holly thing came up. <laughs> and you know, he said this to me, and a few other people have said this to me before. I said, you know what the thing is, you know, the rawness, the garageiness, all that. All that aside, what they have is songs. Yeah. And, you know, Devlin's writing real songs here, and that's what we need to explore. Can, can, I, can I espouse a theory, though? I mean, like, so, like, so you've got songs as a basis, but at the same time, somebody like him, I don't know if, like, I don't know if this is the case at all, if he's, like, a micromanager, but he certainly, like, it, from the sound of it, he was very kind of proactive about going in and, like, playing on it. So I think he probably wanted somebody that he could mold in a sense yeah. right? I mean he wanted to start with something and raw yeah. Yeah. And during the writing of um, well the full length or you know EP1 and EP2 together whatever you want to call it like he um, I- ideas were flowing you know it was, it yeah. was really natural and kind of a beautiful process in pre-production and 
you know, we came to him with the basic idea. Devlin wrote the song. Chris and I put the rhythm section around it. And, um, and then we just started tweaking and yeah. having a great time. And, like, you know, maybe having too good of a time. But that's it, – it, it, it's, it was honest. It wasn't like uh, – it wasn't a yeah, – didn't feel contrived. Yeah, like I'd I'd send him voice memos of like me playing acoustic guitar of oh, like man, you gotta, song you ideas that and stuff. As, like B side. Yeah, well, like there was there was one song that we ended up doing uh, where he he texted me. I think we need a CCR song. Can you write me a CCR song? And so like a fake I, southern accent. Yeah, or? pretty much. <laughs> if, if you listen to it, I believe yes, fake southern Hound accent on there. Um, no, and then I'm from Oakland though. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous, um, and also they used to perform in blackface, which is a great, great CCR. That's tidbit. not what Brendan Canning meant. Though. That's n- I believe not. Um, we, we did it anyway, an but yeah, on this. yeah. Um, what is? I mean, I like I like I like these uh, these like musical reference points he's given you. What yeah. Is, so what like. Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you take that? What I mean, for that on? one, I I wrote kind of a countryish song. Okay. Like he he texted me that when he was out on tour, and uh, he said he was like somewhere outside of Buffalo, and I basically just wrote a song about uh, about Buffalo, and um, yeah, sent him it in like twenty minutes, and he was really into it, and I think he more liked just that he asked for a CCR song and kind of got a yeah. CCR song in like 25 minutes. Um, That's nice. Though. I so mean, it's, like, it's like going to like, uh, you know, like, like, like short story writing class where like you can't, you can't no, just totally. write something, but somebody gives you a prompt Yeah, and that's the part he was playing in the No, definitely. Yeah, and like he he would send us songs to learn. Like what was that Pretenders song? Um, Pretenders, Elvis yeah, like sent us songs, like pop songs just good, to like yeah, just rock. to yeah. learn them and and to get like I mean for me I know I don't know if this was his intent with it but just to like really focus on paying attention to like how they were structuring their songs. Um, And I mean, I know like that Pretender song ended up changing how uh, like a couple of the songs we did ended up like directly. I took stuff from the Pretender song, and I mean, not like if you're gonna them steal, off, yeah, but like uh, you know the way that they seem to open the song on the chorus, and then like yeah. we we weren't doing that in a lot of songs, and then. There was one song in particular where um, he wanted me to like pretty much rewrite it because he thought it sounded too similar to another song, and um, so yeah, like his his influence was yeah. was definitely there. And these little that's a good way to put it. The like like a writing exercise. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah the Pretenders are interesting too because it's like they have that one song. Don't uh, don't get me wrong. You know that song. Yeah, where it's just like. I didn't realize until the last couple of years that like that's just like a classic Motown song. I mean, yeah. it's them. You know, they were kind of like a punk rock band, but it was just like really classic songwriting structure yeah. filtered through 
a rock band. Basically. Yeah. Was it Don't Get Me Wrong that we... That might actually... <laughs> yeah, okay. It might have been the song. There's something, like, I don't, like, I heard a, I heard a band, it didn't, it, like, weirdly enough, it didn't occur to me until I heard a band cover it. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is just, they just wrote, like, a Holland Dozer Holland song, you know? Mm. Like, this is just, like, a perfect... Well, like, not too long ago, um, I get, no, it was probably now, like, ten months ago or something, uh... But if like, it's under a year, you can say not too not long. Not too ago. long. That's, that's a rule. Uh, like Kanye West was performing at like the Brit Awards or something. There's something okay. like that. And Liam Gallagher tweeted out, uh, like, go listen to the fucking Laws. Uh, and I was like, I've never really listened to the Laws. Yeah. Like, who listens to the Laws? Yeah. And, um, you know, because they had that There She Goes yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. All of their songs are like phenomenally well-written songs. Yeah. And, like, after that, like, I was doing nothing but listening to The Laws for, like, a month. And it's just, like, I don't know. It's crazy to think of bands like that where, like, prior to having worked with Brendan, I would not have necessarily found any value or spent the time to actually listen to it. Yeah. But, like, ever since, I don't know, it's, like, you know, just opened up listening to music to trying to figure out how people are doing things and what makes them work and what we might be able to take and apply to what we're doing it's i mean it's 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 nice to have him sort of take you through that too because you know i think about broken social scene and it's like i mean you know all, everything they do is great but it's like it's like impenetrable you know it's like it's like uh, of just trying to sort of like break it down because all the parts are so perfect and it's so layered and so complex it's just I couldn't I couldn't even begin to figure out the starting point and then so you guys had this like spirit guide who was like this is like you know if you want to write the if you you know want to write this big grandiose thing like this is this is the first step you have to take yeah like you have to you have to basically do all of the parts in order yeah it was kind of a fear in the studio too. Like, <clears throat> Britain was coming from Broken Social Scene, which is <clears throat> like a twenty-piece band, yeah. you know. And so we'd record the track, and then it would be time for overdubs and ideas and like messing around and tweaking and whatnot. And Britain would just be standing there, like, "Hmm, I think this song needs a twenty-piece horn section." <laughs> and you're like, "No, Britain, we're a three-piece band. Yeah. We're not like a sixteen-piece band." But I think we met in the middle in that regard too. Like we threw some keyboard, extra guitar. Like we made it much bigger than I think. At least I was originally planning on hearing it. Um, the end product came out, and we all listened to it, and it was just whoa! Like this is yeah. a big sound, and it's actually something that we we're learning to pull off live. It's really working well. I think in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still hoping for that 16 piece, 16 -piece horn section. Yeah. Every two years, it yeah. seems like yeah, the dead ships added. <laughs> On a, on a on a probationary right, exactly. period. Yeah. So is he, so he's like he's like Canadian Brian Wilson. Is that what's happening? He's like, does he I just walk in one day and he has this like, yeah, that's, listen, that's, man, Brian Wilson. No, listen, yeah. like there were worse. No, I, I like absolutely. Canadian Brian. <laughs> but but he like kind of walks in and just like he has huge giant ideas and you guys try to figure out how the hell he can possibly execute that. Yeah, yeah. that's a process. Is he? Is he uh was he a micromanager? I mean, how hands-on was he during the? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of heads are nodding. Um, I would say yes, but in the way that he was always right. 
Yeah. Like, it, I mean, was it was never a time it, yeah, where you're yeah. like, God, what a dick. Like, yeah, that's yeah. totally terrible. It was always like, oh, yeah. And for me as a drummer who had never played drums and I don't understand notes or, you know, keys or any of that kind of stuff. You didn't have a leg to stand on. Literally, I did not. Yeah. And he, I would play something. He'd be like, okay, give me like a boom, boom, pa, boom, pa. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I yeah. get that. Like, yeah. great. It's like not elementary, like any, like you know. Yeah. So that was cool that he literally, like, talked to us all in yeah. different ways. And then, you know, because we were only, it was only like a week or whatever. And then, you know, we got all that output in a week, which is amazing to me. Like, I'm still amazed every time we pull a song off because I don't understand how songs are made really they're like oh here's a song and I'm like okay uh and I just like do something on the drums and hopefully it sounds cool but yeah in that way yes he was a micromanager but not in any way negative or annoying at all it was like always on point and it just came out great prepare yourselves for, for the super cliche question but like does not having those fundamentals in place is that does it play a benefit in the end of like having just learned how to play the drums? Is, is there something helpful in that? Um, I feel like it like kind of sets us apart a little bit. And it's also like we all three listen to like totally different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. So I think that literally like after Devlin like presents a song to us on acoustic guitar, what Alex and I do after that, I think it just kind of makes it special because it's not like there's no formula. There's yep. no like, oh, we listen to this album. You know, we're going to be Father John Misty or we're going to play like that. Or there's never been anything that has ever come out of any of our mouths being like, this is the kind of song we're going to make. It's always like, OK, Devlin has that idea and this is what it sounds like. And then we're always at the end. We're like, that sounds great. And people are like, what are your influences? And we're like, well, <laughs> it's like everything. everything yeah. yeah. So how how big of a role did he play in what you kind of consider your sound now? I mean, was he instrumental in that? At least, this, I mean, he was instrumental in the sound of the record. And you're, right. You know, you're pulling from all these different places. Is he kind of, in a sense, a part of what the sound of the band is? Uh, well, I think coming from the first album where Devlin and I really had no idea what we were uh -huh. doing, and it just kind of, people were like, okay, you're garage rock. And we're like, okay, we're garage rock. Yeah. But it didn't really, like, represent us. Like so it's after kinda sloppy and you don't it's really kind of sloppy yeah and it's just like we yeah. play loud because we don't know what we're doing so yeah. we're like we'll just turn up and play sure. loud and that'll be great but i think yeah he did steer us in the direction of being thoughtful and like actually thinking twice about what we're doing instead of just being like okay that's the song it's done like move on and be like okay that's the song but what if we just like switch these two parts out and it's like oh my god that's way better yeah so it definitely made us more mindful of what we do musically and then i think the next time we record something all of us together are gonna have much bigger and better ideas to make our sound uh go in that direction still um but yeah so it's got to be, so you, you, you record the record, it's, a, it's big in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. there's you know, a lot of overdubbing, so, and then you have to set out to actually play the songs live. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different guitar parts on, on their latest EP, and, and yeah, I mean, like, I went through all the songs with Devlin, and I just tried to pick everything apart, a lot of uh, Brendan's parts that he wrote, um, and yeah, I mean, there's stuff that I think doesn't even, doesn't, still doesn't get played, but... Um, yeah, we try to cover for the most part um, all the second guitar stuff, the leads, and um, so yeah. Yeah, I think you um, see the ringer. <laughs> he's he's the key to it all. Yeah, yeah I I think that like um, we're we're kind of in a mode. At least I know I've been in a mode of like if it's not adding something 
like we should get rid of it yeah. and everything that we're doing you're talking like, live we need to mag yeah like yeah. we need to maximize whatever we're doing sure. so like for us that's been at like really putting in like more thoughtful uh backing vocals where like if there's a key part on a song like yeah, we're not going to add a keyboard player just to play these few notes on this song mm-hmm. or like the add in this synth part. But if if these guys are both singing a harmony, it's going to have the same effect when we play live of like opening it up and making it sound a little a little softer, but also it can go totally weird if yeah. it's like you know, you can like Using backing vocals and the second guitar, I feel like we're totally able to pull off everything that's on the album. Because it's not like we're really, like, we don't have any strings on the album. We don't have any, like, it's not that crazy with overdubs. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I think that, like, when we go out and playing live, just really trying to, to maximize what all of us are doing where... Um, you know, if it's not kicking on a distortion pedal or one of us kicking on a distortion pedal, to just try and make it sound thicker. And yeah. were, were you keeping that live element in mind when recording the record, or were you just trying to make the no, best possible yeah, record? Yeah, just trying to make the best possible yeah. record. Um, I mean, I think, like, there were definitely some concerns. Like, I, I remember when we were going in, just like, well, how are we going to how are we going to yeah. pull that off live? And you might then, as well learn how to play the harp if you learn how to play the drums for this yeah, band, right? Well, it's like everything for us is the first time. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not like, oh, we've done this before, yeah. or we've done that. It's like everything for us is like, oh, that's the first time. Let's see how it goes. So. Yeah, whereas like I was used to doing like home recording stuff where I've got like, you know, 80 tracks of like synth and like mm-hmm. like why why not throw a saxophone yeah. on there and yeah um so i i think when we went to the studio it was a slight concern in the beginning of like do we like how will we pull this off live but i think that quickly went away and we just tried to make the best sounding songs that we could so you've got to be like kind of going out and and trying things out, and maybe it doesn't, you know, work the first time. So you're kind of like woodshedding and going back and trying it, trying yeah, it all over absolutely. again. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this tour, yeah. like, leading up to South by and Coachella, it feels like we're all much more open to perfecting it, you know, and making it the best we possibly can. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's it's trial and error, but that's the fun part of it. Like you know, if a show doesn't go over so well, we tweak the very next show. And, it's it's cool. By the time we hit uh, Indio, we're gonna be fucking hot. It's gonna be great, right? What? Fucking yeah. hot. Fucking hot. Just like the oven. The yeast. Throw that yeast. It, it will be fucking hot in India. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be very fucking hot in India. How, how much? How, how much? How many hours of practicing did you get in your belts prior to? Or is it just sort of? Like, I mean, we practice all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, we love each other. Yeah, like oh. we. You guys we don't just, hate each other yet? No. no. Since no okay. You guys hate me. <laughs> You're only, what, 10, 10 shows into the tour. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we, I think for the last year, we practiced almost every day. Yeah. Like, we, yeah, for a couple of hours. At least that's that's what we try to do. I mean, we definitely take some days off, but whenever we take a day off, it's like, it's expected that we're going to practice yeah. every day. But this so. is like everybody's 
kind of job now at this point? Well, we're hoping. <laughs> we're getting yeah. money. But yeah. <laughs> it's a great free job. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're volunteering to rock. Yeah. What what's the uh, what's the ETA on the on the full length? Well, we <laughs> we everybody looked at each other. Yeah. Yeah. I was told before the end of the year, so that gives you yes. you know yeah ten, nine months. Yeah, and I mean if we if we end up just releasing uh, you know another EP yeah. or or some singles, like we're we're totally fine with that. We just want to put this music out because we have another album or two of material that I would love to re- record by the end of the year and um, that would be awesome yeah um, yeah that would be great but uh, no I, I think as long as we can release something get everything we've recorded by Wait, the so end of the, the year. Were the first two records self-released? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything this far. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much until we got the Coachella call, we've done everything ourselves. After Coachella, we got an agent, which was amazing. So we don't have to book our own shows. But, yeah, the label is the only thing we're missing now. So Do, th- do things, like, when, when once uh, Coachella is announced, do things kind of fall in line a little we've bit? We've gotten more calls and emails in yeah. the past three months than we've gotten in four years. So... A record label shouldn't be too impossible be. to task. The only problem with that is like, yeah, we keep self-releasing stuff all the time. We've never yeah. waited for anyone. They're like, "Well, you're already releasing all these songs." It's like, well, get on board. Yeah. we're not gonna stop. You know, the only thing that will stop us is financial, you know, limitations. Where we're like, okay, we can't. Well, well that's what that's what threw me off before when you said like, oh, you know, I think the LP is gonna be a combination of the first two yeah. EPs. It's just like. So you're kind of just disregarding the fact that that's already out in the world right now and that's going to be... Yeah, I mean, but that's it's like we've yeah. all done it ourselves. Like, you know, yeah. how many people have really heard that EP or seen us live? You know, it's like a small portion of people. So if someone would actually release it and put press behind it, then, you know... Is it like, is it all blogs? Is it all online coverage? I mean, how is that anybody stuff getting out there? Anybody that will ever, ever talk to us or listen to us. Yeah. Anybody, yeah. But we've I mean, never how... had, like, huge, huge... Yeah. Like, we've never been on, like, Pitchfork or, sure. you know, like any of those big things but we've been on like consequence of sound you know great blogs like that that really like us which is nice but yeah i just still feel like our reach isn't there yet it's just again it's it's crazy it's like you know we're we're playing coachella but we haven't been on pitchfork yeah yeah coachella without a label or booking agent and it's just like Come at us, people. Like whoever. I, I mean, wants I guess it, that's like, like you just sort of kind of have to do whatever works at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's like we never slow down. So. Yeah, I mean, like we've all been working to get better, and I think that we all feel like yeah. we have progressed a lot, and we're all feeling really good about the live show, and feeling really good about the songs and the new songs, and um, I think that we're going to continue doing it, and if no one gets on board then we did like, it for years already yeah. we'll just keep going in for more years you know like at the end of the day though like it, it would have been I mean I guess it would have been great in, in a broader sense but it also kind of would have been bad if like you know that first LP was the thing that everybody heard the first time it's nice that you're able to sort of like get out there and kind of do this a little bit at your own speed yeah you know? no definitely um, no I mean I, I do feel like in a lot of ways like because there is, I think, such a leap from our first record to the EP. Um, 
I don't know. Like in a lot of ways, it feels like that's the first thing that we've put yeah. out. But that's that's so crazy because we were a band for four years before that. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 one of those things. I mean, this is just this is how life works. It's like everything feels like the most important thing in the world when you're working on it. And then when when it's in the rear view, it's like I can't believe that that's what I invest in my life. Yeah. And it's like things things are things are so much better now. But it must have felt like at the time like. Well, I mean, obviously at the time it was the best possible thing you could have put out at the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that was the the I and I mean at the time we we loved it. I mean, I still love a lot of the record. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we still play a lot of it live. And um, I mean, last night we had multiple people come up and complain like, "Why didn't you guys play You Were Young?" Which is one of the songs <laughs> on on the first record. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Ophelia, the uh, one of the songs we did at the Levon Helm thing. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, I can't remember what the question was. I'm on a lot of Dayquil. <laughs> it's still... It's still... Uh, it still must be kind of crazy, though, when the, when the dots get connected and it's like somebody comes out and, like, like they know your stuff and they're just there's no logical way that this person on the other side of the country can possibly know all these things again without having that sort of like that 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 pitchfork thing or what used to be like radio coverage yeah. but it's it's like somehow on some you know level everything has kind of been bubbling up there to some degree yeah and i i mean spotify is great yeah. that's that's how i usually find new music yeah. it's just you know you hear about some band from a friend and then you check them out on spotify and i think that's how we've been getting to a lot of people recently I don't know yeah but after the Coachella announcement I mean it was it was great like the monthly listeners jumped up and like do people just read like the Coachella lineup and then go and like listen to every band I think like, so oh, yeah God, like, uh, I feel like, so old I don't have the patience for it's that it's weird anymore. man it's like Christmas for like, yeah. festival lineup nerds you know yeah. it's like it's the first usually the first announced they're not nerds, by the way. They're no, lovely people. It's lovely people. No, yeah. no longer a bad word. No longer a bad word. Yeah, nerds is awesome. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's it's usually the first announcement, and the people that are playing Coachella yeah. are most likely on the rest of the festival circuit globally. You know, like LCD Sound System is playing a bunch of festivals, and sure. like it, it's kind of the launch pad. You know, yeah. it's where the summer music festival season starts. So everyone, yeah, kind of locks eyes on that, which is cool. And we're in the tiniest font, the last band on the mm -hmm. second day, like right in the middle of the page. So it's fantastic. Yeah. The placement couldn't be any better. There you go. That was the Dead Ships. Uh, you don't get too many stories like that in, in, in music these days. It's been three years since they first formed, three years since they all learned how to play their respective instruments, and now they're playing Coachella in a few weeks, and Brendan Keenan is producing all the records. It's, uh, it's, very, it's, it's a very heartening, feel-good story. Couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer group of, group of guys. So just to sort of give you a visual, visualization of what was happening, we were at a tea house where I record many of these conversations, and I wasn't expecting the entire band plus the live guitarist and the manager to all be sitting around that table. So there was a little bit of microphone passing happening during that, and uh, I edited this one together, so if there are any weird, terrible gaps or awful sound issues, that's 100% my fault. Don't blame Brian. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, there you go. Dead Ships. Thanks to them for taking the time to do that. Highly recommend you check out uh, their newish record, EP1. It's out now. You can find that over on Spotify. And they're uh, touring all over the places they mentioned. So uh, do, do check them out live if you have the chance. Uh, thanks to Caroline for setting that up. Uh, thanks to uh, Brian for um, for usually editing the show. Thanks to Mark and everybody at the Boing Boing Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, many other fine shows for you to check out over at boingboing.net. You can also uh, check things out over at uh, iTunes. And while you're over at iTunes, please, please take the... Uh, uh, please use that opportunity to rate and review the show. That is the uh, that's how we get more people to do uh, to to do the program. All those wonderful five star reviews that we have over there. Uh, if you got any feedback, it's rwellcast at gmail Follow us on Tumblr. That's rwellcast.tumblr.com. That is first and best place to get all of your R I Y L related information. Uh, like us on Facebook. That's about all I got. So uh, stick around because we will be back very shortly with another episode of R I Y L. 